listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. to me is one of my favorite subjects to talk about because vision is so important. I know we've taken a little bit longer this year than what we would normally do to go over our vision. This is our fourth week, but I really believe it's so important for us to define, for us to spell out to you A, B, C, D, and just go through it exactly who we are because we're not ashamed of what we are. We're not ashamed to make these changes. We're not ashamed to relaunch, to rebrand. We're not ashamed of what God has called us to do because we believe God has called us to greatness. So we've been sharing vision. Vision is the pathway. Vision is where we're going. It's the direction that we need to head in our lives. But also we've been talking about the culture. The culture is how do we get there? It's like the vehicle on the roadway. The road has taken us, but it's the culture that takes us to our destination. And how are we going to get there? And I just believe that these are some of the greatest moments and vital moments for our future. Because if we're going to build something great, we can only do it together. Amos 3 verse 3 says these words, Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction. Of course they can't. People can't walk together if they don't go the same direction. And that's division. That's disunity. And so it's so important that we walk together. We pull the same way. We build the same thing. That's vision. And do you know that God even recognizes vision? Look at this scripture from Genesis 11 verse 6 from the NIV version. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible. I'm telling you, we've got a plan. We've got a vision. And God even says in His words, what we plan to do, what we prepare to do, it will not be impossible to us, but we're going to see great things come together as one. Those of you who know the Word of God, you would know that this particular incident that God is speaking about wasn't a good time for the people of this world because they were mad at God, really, and they said, we're going to build a tower to God. He's not going to control us. We're going to get up to heaven. We're going to control our own lives. And God comes down and sees what man is capable of doing. Again, what he was capable of doing wrong. But how much more can we be capable of doing right? And how together God can still bless that when we speak the same language. Come on, together the vision, the future is bright. 
So let's recap the series so far, because I think if you've missed these messages, you need to listen on podcast, grab a CD out in the lobby area, and get clued in, because we talked about first week, our vision. And we talked about our vision, His promises. From Genesis through Revelations, we see four main promises throughout the entirety of God's Word. God says, I want to bring you out. God says, I want to deliver you. God says, I want to use you so you can fulfill and build the family of God here on this earth. We see those promises over and over again. Promises that we are going to see fulfilled under a new banner, under a new name, Encounter Church. I like that, don't you? Where people can come and experience the presence of God in a new way. A name is prophetic. In the Word of God, we see that. It was symbolic. It had meaning to it. And we believe encounter is our prophetic name as we go into a new season, as we go into a new time, seeing what God is not only going to do, but also being a part of what God is still doing right now. So then we looked at life starts, life, love, purpose. That's our vision. We looked at life starts through knowing God. Say that with me, knowing God. Life starts through knowing God. How do we do that? What is that? How does that look? We want to create weekend experiences that both the unchurched people and believers want to attend. In other words, we want to create church as it should be. We want a place where those who are unsaved can come and those who are saved can enjoy. That's doing church the right way. We want church that's real. We want church that's authentic. We want church that is relevant. We want church that is enjoyable. We want church that is welcoming. We want church that's all those things, but the most important thing we need in church is power. We need the power of God to move in this place. Why? We're not interested in building a country club. Because that's what we have when we're just relevant and we're welcoming. We want to see the power of God move because it's only the power of God that can change a life. Come on, we're building an ER in this house. Come on, we want those who are bloody, those who are sick, those who are diseased, those who are struggling to come in and find the healing and the help that they need. And we can't do that, but Jesus can. And it's His power that can move and it makes the difference. You are changed not because of a decision you make. It started with a decision, but it was a decision to what? Introduce to your life the power and the presence of God. And when you opened the door to His presence, your life completely changed. It's His presence and power that changes everything. So why do we do that? Because it's biblical. It's biblical for us to have services and have church together. And as long as heaven and hell are realities... You're going to find us every Sunday worshiping God. You're going to find us building an environment where people can come and know God. Last week we talked about love happens. Say that with me, love happens. How does love happen? As we walk in freedom, we discover freedom. We find love through relationship in Jesus and then we suddenly realize my life was made for more. My life is more. It has a greater meaning than what I've ever had before. How do we do that? We're going to create a small group environment where people can experience community and learn to do life together, where people can settle their yesterdays and they can take the next step on their spiritual journey. Why? Because it's biblical. I said it's biblical. And heaven and hell are realities. People need to be known. 
And that's what we want to do. We're going to say this so many times. Get in a group. Come on, turn to someone around you and say, get in a group. Have you signed up? Have you registered? Have you gone online? Today we've got an opportunity. The table's at the back. Miss Mona and Miss Nancy are going to be there with some packages explaining the groups, any questions that you have, showing you every day how there's an opportunity somewhere at some time and some location for you to get in a group that will change your life. The semester starts September the 25th. That's the day after our conference that you're all coming to, 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. It's just going to be absolutely awesome. And for eight weeks, we're going to be in groups. And the first group that we're going to start with our church is the Dave Ramsey on a Monday night. And it's the Financial Peace University. If you have never gone through that course, it's the greatest course there is on budgeting, handling your finances, getting out of debt and controlling. And that's just one of many of the 18 groups that we have that you can be a part of. And today I want to talk about purpose revealed. Say that with me, purpose revealed. And purpose is revealed in two ways. Number one, you've got to first find it. You've got to first discover your purpose. But then you need to take that purpose that God has placed inside of you and use it to make a difference. So here's how our life, love and purpose looks. Here's how it works. Are you ready? We want people to know God. We want people to walk in freedom. We want people to discover their purpose and we want people to make a difference. Come on, help that with me. Help me with that today. Can you do that? Come on, that people would know God, that they would walk in freedom. Come on, I said, help me. You ready? Let's start again. That means open your mouth and speak it out with me. Are you ready? That they would know God, walk in freedom, discover purpose and make a difference. How true is this statement? It often takes others to see our God-given potential. Because we tend to limit ourselves by becoming too self-critical. We live with ourselves. We know our thoughts. We know our actions. And it's hard for us many times to see any potential in our lives. I've sat down with so many people and said, man, you are so talented. And they're like looking around like, what, me? Because we can fail to see so many times. I want to help you to see that there is a potential and a purpose inside of each and every one of us. Look, Ephesians 2 verse 10. Let's go to God's Word. That's the best source to tell us right now. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, For we are His workmanship. Come on, you've got to grab a hold of that, okay? You are His workmanship. You are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, before you were Born, God prepared those things that what? That you and I should walk in them. You're His workmanship prepared for good works that God, before you were created, had set out, arranged for you to do. In other words, God has created you for a specific purpose. Every one of you could say, well, I don't agree with that. Well, listen, God's Word says that's true. The reason we don't agree with it is because we don't see it. We don't feel it. We're not living in it. But it doesn't mean it's not there. And we want to uncover that and see that. I love the word workmanship. That comes from a Greek word called poinia. It's the word that we get the English thought of poem or poetry. 
So here's the thought. When we are God's pornea, when we are God's poem, it literally means this, that you are a poem that God knew and wanted to write when he created you. A beautiful poem. Now, some of us in our lives have added a few extra verses. We've got a couple of choruses we don't like, but let's go back to the original writing and the poem and the purpose that God has for every one of our lives. But yet, even though God wrote a poem of our life, even though we're the workmanship, there's a purpose for our life, there's still challenges. There's still adversities that we would face. And we see that from the Apostle Paul. He's perhaps the closest to a Christian that any of us could ever be. And when we read of him, you you can read and go, man, if only I was just a fraction of him. But you know, even someone that we regard as so Christ-like and so holy, he had such resistance and such opposition in his life and in everything he faced. In fact, look at this verse, 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 18. We read this. He says, therefore, he says, I wanted to come to you. Paul said, I wanted to be there time and time again. But no matter how much I wanted to come, he said, there was a force that was opposed to me. Come on, he said, but Satan hindered me. Satan hindered us. One version says this, Satan prevented us. I wanted to be there, but there was something, there was a struggle that never allowed us. Do you realize in your life there's a struggle, there's an opposition that is facing us in every step of our lives? The Greek word, therefore, prevented us, literally means this, that the devil wants to cut a ditch across the path of our road. The devil wants to dig. He wants to prevent. He wants to hinder us. He wants to cut a ditch across our pathway. You know, that was a tactic that robbers would use many centuries ago. They would take a road and dig a ditch. So when someone with a cart or a carriage or was walking, they couldn't go any further. They would have to stop. And when they stopped, it would make them a sitting duck to be ambushed, to be robbed, to be attacked. They would maybe even put a tree down in the pathway. They would do something to what? To obscure or to impede the progress. And guess what? It would then create a diversion too. So then they would have to go a different route. I wonder how many of us are going a different route because Satan has put a trench in front of us. Come on, we're now going through a life of addiction instead of the pathway of freedom that God has for us. We're now allowing depression and fear to be the pathway of our lives instead of realizing God's got a pathway of peace. But we're saying, oh, but you don't realize. Why? Because Satan uses everyday problems to create the diversions in our road. You know what we've got to start doing? We've got to start stepping over those problems. We've got to start stepping away from fear and start stepping into faith. And for some of these problems, you're going to have to back up a little bit and you're going to have to just take a run and a jump. Why? Because God's got great things for you. Well, I'm a Christian. Well, get ready for obstacles. Get ready for hindrance. Get ready for things to prevent us. But I'm telling you right now, we can step into the victory that God still has for our lives. And I just want to stay here a little longer. When I was preparing the message, I just wanted to move on to the next part. And God says, no, just hover. Just just linger a little bit. Why? Because I really believe that someone here needs to hear what I'm about to say right now. You see, the enemy 
wants to make us spiritually nearsighted. Someone who's nearsighted means what? You can't see a distance. You can see what's up close. And oh, the enemy wants you to see your faults and your failures and the sicknesses and the disease and that you don't have enough money to pay your bills and, and that you don't have any friends. And the enemy wants you to see the problems that are around you because he doesn't want you to see the big picture. He doesn't want you to see the awesome plan that God has. He doesn't want you to see that you're the workmanship that God's created, but you may have to step over some things, but the enemy wants you to see those things and no way out. He wants to see the immediate. He wants to keep you focused on yourself. That's a big problem when you start focusing in on yourself, because then you'll see your issues. And then your whole life becomes, how can I be comfortable? How can I make my life convenient? And our convenience and comfort so many times can become a bondage to us. Ask the children of Israel, I wish we were back in Egypt. Listen, that was a bondage. But it was comfortable and it was convenient. We've all got these things around us today. But I'm so glad in the middle of our nearsightedness, God keeps reaching down to every one of us. God keeps saying, come on, I want to pull you out of that. You are made for more than that. That's not who you are. That's maybe where you're at right now, but I've got some greater things in store for your life. Get up. And Paul writes about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. He says this, we are hard pressed on every side, yet we are not crushed. Come on, there's a ditch that's hard pressing all around you, but you're still here to give praise to God. Come on, he says we're many times perplexed. What does that mean? I don't have the answers. But he said, even in those times, you don't have to be in despair. Man, I wish you'd help me preach today. He said, you may find yourself persecuted, but you're never forsaken. Why? Because God promised to be there with you. He says, you may be struck down. Have you ever been knocked down? But you're not knocked out because you are not destroyed. Why? Get the picture. No matter what Satan has for you, God's still got a plan for your life. God still has a future and a purpose, a greater plan for your life. So how did Paul, how did Paul make it through his adversities and trials? How did Paul, through all of his problems, Never get derailed from his calling. Here's the answer, you ready? He never lost his focus. He never lost his focus. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. He says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight in glory. You see, when you're nearsighted, you don't see that it's just what? A light affliction. You think it's death. You think it's over. You think you'll never be happy again. You'll never have victory in your life. You'll never see your husband saved. You'll never see that healing. You'll never get that job. That's what the enemy wants us to see. But realize God is working. Come on, say with me. God is working. God is working in those situations to do something great. Verse 18, while we do not look at the things which are seen, But we look at the things which are not seen. For the things that we see around us, the Bible says they are temporary. Means what? They have an end. But God says, I want to give you something in your life which are not seen. And they never have an ending because they are eternal in God. But what did Paul tell us we've got to do? We've got to keep our eyes fixed on those things. Because it's easy to see what we only see. 
but we've got to see beyond. We've got to lift up our eyes. That's why Paul later would write, he said, I lift up mine eyes. Or that was the psalmist. Paul wrote this. He said these words. He said, looking unto Jesus, he's the author and he's the finisher. He's the one that began it and he's the one that's going to finish it of our faith, our lives, because he's the one that has the answer. Look at this statement. And by the way, all of our notes are on version. Follow on. If you've got the version app, it's a free app for your phone. You can go on there and on the main page, bottom right, it should say more. Click on that and then follow events. And off the events, you can see your church and counter church and all the notes from the message today are there. Look what it says here. If the devil cannot keep you out of heaven, then he would at least like you to be ineffective in the meantime. We know the devil can't keep you from heaven because he can't stop you praying that prayer. But you know what he can do after you've prayed that prayer? He can make your life just be like a spinning wheel. That you're going nowhere, but you're just digging yourself deeper in. That you're in a rut and you're stuck in life. And there are so many Christians today that their lives are ineffective right now. And they're not living. In fact, I would say the number one question I get asked as a pastor is this. What's, what's God's will for my life? What's God's will? Pastor, help me. How do I know? Have I missed the will of God? Because it seems like I've just like got kids and it seems like I've got a job. And it seems like, I mean, have I really missed the will of God in my life? Can I help you with the will of God right now? Let me help you right now. The best way to discover your divine destiny. Your divine destiny is really saying the purpose, the plan, the will that God has for your life. If you want to discover God's will for your life, then you've got to begin to understand, come on, your divine design. So key. You've got to understand and look, how did God make you? So to simply put it this way, I believe if you want to find the will of God, you've got to know His design. So when you know His design, what He made you to do, then you'll be what God wants you to be. What do I mean by that? What keeps you up at night? What's your passion? What's your interest? What's your joy? What excites you? Because you're His workmanship that He created for good works. God made you the way that you are on purpose and not by accident. And I believe that many people never discover their divine destiny, their purpose. Why? Because they refuse to accept their divine design. They refuse to accept the giftings that God gave them. Instead, they look and say, man, if only I could sing like them. If only I could preach like him. If only I could look like, if only I could make money. If only I could be. You've got to realize something here. God doesn't need another somebody. God needs another you to be you. Or he don't need another someone else. He just needs you to be you. That's the right way to say it. And so when we're looking at everyone else, we're never going to find the purpose of God because we're not accepting what God has called us to do. We know the parable of talents. He gave each according to their abilities. There's always going to be someone with more ability than you. But instead of looking and saying that's unfair, start realizing and say, but God, you've called me to do this. And God, I'm not going to dig a hole and bury it. I'm going to invest it. I'm going to plant it. I'm going to sow it. I'm going to be it. And then God, I can live in the purpose. God didn't make you and then think, hmm, I wonder what I can do with him. Or I wonder what I can do with her. He, he, he didn't do that. 
Come on. When God breathed into you the breath of life, he didn't say, okay, now I've got to decide what your purpose is. I'm telling you right now, God had something specific in mind for you. And then he created you and made you with the breath of life in order to be able to do it. I love what Pastor Chris Hodges said. He said these words. He said, God saw a need and God saw a hole. God saw a vacancy in the world and He designed you in order to fill it. That's so powerful. That's so powerful. Well, Pastor, I don't believe that. Well, you've got to start believing that because it's the truth. It's truth. And God wants you to live the dream, the purpose, the plan that He has for your life. And God's ultimate plan and purpose for your life is this. For you to be full and for you to be filled. In other words, God wants you to be fulfilled. Fulfilled in your life. That every day you can wake up and feel fulfilled. That you can go to bed at night feeling fulfilled. Why? Because when you're functioning in your purpose, when you're functioning in your unction, God can use you and change your life. And for you to live a life to your fullest, you've got to realize this. It doesn't matter your past. All that matters is your today forward. Oh, the enemy can tell you, well, you blew it. We all have. Thank God for his grace. If it wasn't for the grace of God, we wouldn't be able to be used, not one of us. Because we've all sinned, the Bible says, and fallen way short of the glory of God. But come on, it's what matters is today forward. And I'm giving my life to Christ and I'm allowing Him to use me. So let's look again at our what, why, and how. We'll do purpose revealed. What, why, and how. So what do we do? What do we do? We're going to create an easy process for people to discover their purpose and be able to serve on a dream team. We're not going to make it hard. We're going to help you. We're going to train you. We're going to build you. We're going to come alongside you and remind you and tell you that God has a purpose for your life. And God wants your life to come back to the pathway of blessing and obedience that He has for you. So why do we do it? That's the what. What's the why? Why do we do it? Number one, because it's a biblical model. Does that sound familiar? Every week we've had to check that box before we can go on to something else because if it's not God, it ain't good. And if it ain't good, it's not God. We're not going to move into anything that we don't believe is God and God's best for every one of us. But look at this. Ephesians 4 verse 11 and 12 says this, and he himself, God gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, and some to be teachers. Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry. Verse 12, New Living Translation, it says, and their responsibility, meaning pastors, leaders, those that God has put in leadership, Our responsibility is to equip you, God's people, to what? To do His work and to build up the church, which is the body of Christ. NIV says that our purpose is to equip God's people for the works of service. You see, the problem we have today is we have church backwards. We think 
come to church because the pastor will minister to you. Come and be ministered to at church. And we fail to realize that actually the pastor's job is to lead and it's actually the people's job to minister. Because we just read that. The pastors are to train and to educate and bring us, but it's the work of the saints. It's the work of you and I, the congregation, to what? To minister. We're the ones that are equipped for service, for ministry to the world. You see, we've got it so wrong. We think, if I could just be in the pulpit. And I've had so many people say to me, Pastor, if only you could just recognize my callings and giftings. If only you would just give me a chance to preach. And I have to tell so many people, you know what? God's not called every one of us to preach because if he did, we'd have no one to speak to. But what we've got to realize is this. What about the ministry that God has called you to do outside of the pulpit? You see, the pulpit is our time to lead you, to instruct you, to guide you and to correct you. But for what purpose? So you will go out and be an able minister to the world around you. Our job is to raise you up. To be the ministers God has called you to be. You, you want to be a minister? Are you a parent? Anyone a parent here? That's your first ministry right there. It's your family, your home. Why try and save the world while your whole family screwed up and messed up? Your first ministry is your home. That's the first point at all that God's going to say, what did you do with your life and with your family? Come on, don't belittle the fact of raising your children and bringing them up to church is an incredible ministry that God has called you. Anyone got a job here? That's a ministry. That's a ministry. God can use you to minister. That don't mean you preach and don't do your work. That doesn't mean you get your Bible out and read when you're supposed to be working. That's not what we're talking about. But we're talking about you showing up early and not leaving or you show up early for work and you don't leave early from work. Come on, that you are a minister in everything that you do, that you realize that, wow, this is my mission field. Instead of looking over your shoulder and saying, I wish pastor was here, realize pastor doesn't have to be there because you're there, the minister that God has strategically placed to make a difference in the lives of those around you. They tell us today, students, we can't take a Bible into school. We can't read a Bible in school. Well, guess what? We can be the Bible in our school. We can minister to those around. We can show them hope. We can pray for them. We can be the example that God wants us to be. You see, your life is your ministry. Your life is your mission field. The people around you are your congregation. And the people that God has called you to. You see our culture here. Can I, can I just break it down for you? Our culture is here not to make the pulpit the focus of our ministry. Not to make the pulpit our focus of ministry. But the focus of our ministry is the world all around us. That people are lost and are dying. And we need to you see if the pulpit's the focus of our ministry, that means people can only be saved on a Sunday. And they've got to be here to do that. Well, what if they're not here to do that? Because I've got news for you. All the world's not going to come to the church to find God. It's the church's responsibility to go into the world and take God to the world. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He didn't say invite them to church. That's important. But he said, we're to go into the world. That's why we're doing small groups. We're taking the church into the world. We're touching other lives and touching other people. Because there's a world that's sick around us. I thought about this. Remember the story in Acts, I think it's three or four, where the Bible says that daily Peter and John would go to the temple to pray. The Bible also says that daily a lame man was laid there. 
That means that many times Peter and John had walked past that man, maybe had interaction with him, but never delivered him and healed him. And I think that's a picture of many of our lives. We're going for that glory. We're going for that home run. We want to be recognized. We want the pulpit. We want that big thing. But yet every day we're walking past people who are sick and dying on our way to what we think we should be. Come on, we've got to stop and say, oh, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have. Come on, you've got something to give in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. We need some people to realize the ministry that God has placed inside of each and every one of us. Number two, because people need to be needed. People need to be needed. People love to know that they're needed. I want you to know we need you. We need your help. We, we need your involvement. We need you to be here. But really what we need is for you to discover your purpose, the workmanship that God created you for, so you can step up and help us to reach more people through serving others on one of our dream teams. The reality is this, people come to church because they're invited or someone brings them. But the reason they stay is, of course, the presence and power of God. But the reason they also stay is because they are known and they feel needed. Well, how are we going to do that? People are going to be known through small groups. We're creating that environment. The thought is that we won't be able to know everyone, but we'll be known by someone. And then that they need to be needed. What does that mean? We give them an opportunity to serve on one of our dream teams. Here's a place for you to serve. Number three, why? Because people need a purpose. People need a purpose. That's literally the reason they live. When people lose their purpose, they die. So many people, you see them, they've worked 30, 40 years and they retire and within two years they're dead. Why? Because they've got no reason to wake up now in the morning. They've got no reason almost to live because they have lost that purpose. I'm telling you, if we don't know your purpose, if you don't know your purpose, how can you truly bring purpose to other people? You can't give what you haven't got. And every human being, they tell us, has eight basic needs in our lives, needs that go from physical needs to safety needs, to love needs, to esteem needs, and it goes on. The needs that we have in each and every one of our lives. But you know the greatest need, they said, and I just discovered this through studying this week. The greatest need that we have as human beings is this, what they call transcendence. Transcendence. And I know that's a big word, and I didn't know what it was till I looked it up. But here's what I want to do before I define it. I want to show you the picture of what it should look like in your life. Because when a transcendence need is what? Fulfilled in your life, then your life will have compassion. Your life will sympathize. You'll have sympathy in your life. You'll be a caregiver. Why? Because it's during those times when we will look beyond our own needs to help the needs of other people. And now, not because of obligation, oh, I have to do that, but now because of joy, because of the excitement that you have to feel that you are helping someone else's need. But you know what they say? We can never really meet someone else's need until first our needs have been met. And that's why we've got to find our purpose. 
Because that's the purpose. That's the reason we're here. That will fulfill every need of our life when we discover the workmanship that God has called us to do. And then we can in turn touch other people's life. Transcendent means this. Look, it means exceedingly or exceeding usual limits. Surpassing. Extending beyond the limits of an ordinary experience. Going beyond comprehension. I love that. That's what my life needs to look like. That's a need that I have to exceed my usual limits, to go beyond, to extend beyond the limits of ordinary. That's the craving, that's the desire that man has inside of them, given to us by God, to go beyond the comprehension. Wow, that sounds a whole lot like a scripture I quote a lot. In this church, anyone remember Ephesians 3, verse 20? New Living Translation says, Now all glory be to God, who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could even ask or even think. The Message Bible says, Beyond our wildest dreams. So many of us are not living there. Why? Because we haven't discovered the purpose and the plan that God has. And how can we touch other people when we're lacking still in our lives? But God says there's a power that I'm calling you to remind, remembrance inside of you that can take you to places that you only dreamt of. You see, if we're going to do something that's beyond us, it's serving other people. And that is so powerful. Here's the third reason, or the fourth reason why. Because people need to live out their purpose. It's okay to understand it and discover it, but now you need to walk in it. I truly believe this, that everything that we need for this house, I believe is already in the house. I believe every person that we are a people that have been sent to this house to help to fulfill and build the house that God has called us to do. Look at this statement. Lack is not because of not having. Lack is because of not using. The reason why we don't have enough volunteers and those serving in our nurseries and kids and on the buses and holding doors It's not because we don't have the talent in the house. It's not because we don't have the people in the house. We have enough. We have more than enough. It's because people are sitting on their talent and refusing to use it for the kingdom of God. Not giving it, not using it to the church. I can guarantee right now there's an area of church that perhaps every time you come, you look and think to yourself, wow, I could bring something to that. I could do something. Wow, there's really something missing. If they could just do this better or if they just had that, I think this church would... There's probably something that every one of you look at and say, man, I could do that. Or there's a need. (laughs) And my question is, well, why aren't you? If you see something on a regular basis, why don't you say, hey, I'll, I'll do that. I can do that. I can serve. I can hold a door open. I can drive. I can hold a kid and sing to them and pray over them. Do you see the ministry is more than just the platform? 
And I'm not talking about us being critical, looking and saying, man, I don't like that. But what I'm saying is this. Can we see ourselves serving to help to fulfill that need? Don't just think it. Do it. If there's a void, instead of looking and saying, I can't believe they don't have that, realize that, hey, I'm the piece that can bring the solution. Because I believe that everything we need for where we're at right now and where we need to go is already in the house. Come on, when Josh and I started talking about him wanting to step down and we were looking at it, at that time, we didn't know what we was going to do, but we didn't know that what we needed was already in the house that God was just raising them up. It was just a period of time. They had to be trained, but it was already in the house. And now Bob and Christy and now Rich and Corinne are stepping into those positions already in the house. Just had to be developed and built. I remember many years ago as a kid in England, we were building a new church building. And every time we took up an offering, they had a special offering that was called the pound offering. A pound is like your dollar here. But yet we have a coin and They were encouraging people that every offering to bring a pound over your regular tithes and offering. Why? Because they called it the brick fund. They said every brick cost about a pound and we need to build a church and we're going to build it out of bricks. And I remember my grandfather and others standing up saying, wouldn't it be sad that when we've built the church, that over beside you there was a hole in the wall? And I always remember that. It stuck with me. Because really what they were saying is this. If everyone does their part and everyone gives just a pound. Listen, a dollar's not much. I said a dollar's not much. Every one of us can give a dollar. And I'm not talking financially. I'm talking figuratively right now. Every one of us can serve in some capacity at least once a month. That's just like a dollar. That doesn't cost as much. But you see, the problem so many of us have is this. I don't want to serve because I need to be fed. And that's a big problem. Because the reason is this, if you're just relying on yourself to be fed just because you come to church every Sunday, you're going to be in trouble. The reason why a lot of people don't want to be served is because they want to be fed because they ain't reading their Bible and praying on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. See, when you're reading and you're feeding and God is touching your life throughout the week, then on a Sunday you're ready to serve. You're ready to give. Don't let there be a hole in the wall. Don't let there be a need. Because you were not able to live out your purpose. You see, I don't think church should ever be about recruiting. But I think church should be about discovering. Discovering. Discipleship is to help others find their redemptive calling and purpose to serve others. So how will we do that? I'm almost done today. How will we do that? We're going to start what we call Encounter Growth Track. Encounter Growth Track is going to be very similar to our Next Steps class. Who's gone through our Next Steps class? It's a three-week course that many of you have gone through. And it's to help you how you can serve your church. But more than that, to help you really fulfill the purpose that God has. It used to be three weeks. Now we're going to extend it another week to four weeks. And a number of reasons we're going to do that. But two is this, just number one, we need another week just to really train you and teach you because... We've got so much material that we want to give to you. But secondly, it makes it so much easier because you can jump in at any time. But on the first Sunday or of every month, the first week, it's going to be week number one. It's going to be week two, three, four. So at any time, if you've missed week three, you know you can jump in on week three at any month and you can pick up the course. 
And we're going to be launching that on October the 1st. And we would love for every one of you to go through this. If you've already gone through next steps, we're not going to force that. We're not going to require that. But we would love to suggest strongly for you to plug in again and to go through that. Because for anyone to go through ministry, for anyone to serve in a ministry capacity here at this church, we've always asked for you to go through the next steps. And now your next step is going to be growth track. Because we just think it's so important, again, what you are plugging your life into. So here's quickly how the four weeks are going to look. The first week, we're going to talk about becoming a member. Just getting involved. We're going to talk about our church, a lot of what we've talked about over these last four weeks. So you can make a decision to join because we just believe everyone needs to be connected to something. Some people through the class may understand this is not the church for them. And that's great because we realize we're not a perfect fit for everyone. But we're going to encourage them to go out and join whatever they believe they need to be a part of because you need to be planted in order to bring forth growth. And I'm going to be the one that's going to be teaching this the first week. We're going to be doing it via DVDs. Why? Because I just really believe it's important to hear the heart of the pastor. Why do we do this? What are we doing? And how we are going to do that? And we're going to have other people facilitating that class and the other classes through the four weeks. The second week, we're going to look at discovering your design. We're going to help you to discover the workmanship that God has created you to be. Now, we're not God. And we're not going to sit in a circle and pray over you and prophesy over your life. But we're going to remind you of the purpose that God has for your life. We're going to turn you back to those things that inspire you, those passions and the interests that you have. We're going to take you through a journey of a person, personality and a spiritual gift profile. We're going to ask you questions that's going to help you to define all of those things to discover your God-given plan. And then in week number three, we want to take that and we want to develop you, begin to build you, to help you to realize your potential that God has called you to live and the part that you have to play. We're going to talk to you about personal evangelism and how it's important for you to go out and win those around you. Why? Because we believe that there's never going to be a better you than you. And then week number four, we're going to be encouraging you to join a team, be a part of a dream team, to discover all of our teams and the ways that you can serve your church and make a difference in someone else's life. We're going to give you an opportunity to sign up for those teams and become part of a team so you can live your dream. And let me remind you of this. We're never going to force this. We're not going to force people to go through growth track. If you don't want to go through growth track, you're still welcome in this church. We want everyone to be welcome. But you know what? We want people also to discover the purpose and the plan that God has had for their life. So let me sum this all up. Life, love, and purpose. Four weeks we've talked about it, and we can sum it up on one slide today. Are you ready? Life starts through knowing God. How are we going to do that with our Sunday experiences? Love happens through what? As people walk in freedom. How are we going to do that? Through small groups. Get in a group. Get in a group. Sign up today. And then purpose is revealed in twofold. Number one, as people discover their purpose, we're going to have our growth track for you to go through. But then also that you would use that purpose to make a difference and serve on one of our dream teams. Come on, that's our vision. That's our culture. That's what we're going to do. And that's how we're going to do it. And we're excited about the future that's already begun. One more scripture, Isaiah 43, 19. God says these words, for I'm about to do something new. See, I have already 
begun. We're not waiting till the church conference, the ribbon cutting on the 24th to believe that God's doing something. God's already, we've come out of seven days of prayer and we're fired up and ready to do things for God. We're stepping into a new transition. There's a buzz. There's something that's happening in your church. And if you can't feel it, check your pulse. Because God is doing something. And he says, do you not see it? You may not see it right now, but remember the things that we see, the Bible says are temporary. But we're looking to the things that are eternal. And God's promise is, I want to make pathways through your wilderness. And God says, I want to bring refreshing rivers to your wasteland. I love our church. Come on, I said, I love our church. And I'm going to make it personal. I love my church. I love my church. Would you stand to your feet all over this place? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At HeartSeas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.